Hey there, I'm reporter Laura Pavin. And you know what I love about summer in Chicago? All of its water activity. You've got architecture tours, kayaking, fishing, swimming, and a semi-annual sighting of a creature that's totally out of left field. We've had alligators, snapping turtles, and we might have another thing to add to the list. Lobsters. This was put on my radar by a listener. She wrote to us about whether the Chicago River is, in fact, home to lobsters. She swears she saw one. Here's the thing. Lobsters are saltwater creatures. They can't survive in freshwater. So if lobsters don't call the Chicago River their home, then what did our question asker see? I sat myself on a boat to find the answer to a familiar question in this city. What's lurking in the Chicago River this time? The answer yields a David and Goliath-like tale, an inspiring story of the small outwitting the big. The big in this story, though, it's us. That's next. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I'd never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. On a sunny morning in Chicago, I made my way over to the calm waters of the Chicago River. Same waters where the snapping turtle was found. But I'm not here for turtles. I'm here for lobsters. I head over to the boat launch located on the north branch of the Chicago River, between West Argyle Street and West Foster Avenue. You guys do it. I'm Laura Pavin. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Very finely made us. Yes, yes. Ruben Keller is a freshwater ecologist at Loyola University, and he invites me to hop aboard a boat to the banks of the Chicago River in River Park. Rachel Egley, who manages his lab, joins us. You're in for a treat. <laughs> they're massive. This is really the epicenter of, of where they're at. We set off from the boat launch, and we head upstream. We turn off the engine and float over to the west side of the river. We make our way under some brush. Rachel picks up a rope that's just barely visible, reaches down, and pulls up a cage that's attached. In the cage are two red, very jittery little crustaceans. Claws to tail, they're less than half a foot long. And by Joe, I'm staring at a real-life lobster. There are no lobsters in the Chicago (laughs) River. I am not staring at a real-life lobster. This is a red swamp crayfish. By the way, people either call them crayfish or crawfish. It depends on where you live or who introduced the term to you. Anyway, they mean the same thing. I'll go with crayfish since that's how we generally say it here. They're what Reuben and Rachel study, and they say that this is likely what our question askers saw. They're bright red. I could see where someone someone would mistake them. Yeah. These red swamp crayfish are definitely lobster-like. They have two long antennae, two pincer claws, and eight legs, but they're much smaller than lobsters. American lobsters can get up to about two feet long. 
The red swamp crayfish seems to max out at about five inches, claw to tail. Cool. Are they going to jump out at me? No, they won't get out of here. Okay. That's about it. Just <laughs> okay. don't, don't put your fingers in, within reach of the claws. If you've ever eaten a crayfish, Ruben says it is most definitely this species. In fact, these tasty little things are a big part of food culture in Louisiana, where they're native. Fishermen have been harvesting them commercially there since the late 1800s. The ones in the Chicago River, though, don't eat those. Ruben and I talked on the phone about it before our trip. This population is about a mile downstream of the sewage treatment plant. Oh, so they're consuming and surviving in human waste somehow. Yeah, I I mean, treated human waste. But still, don't eat them. All right, so the red swamp crayfish is native to the southern U.S. But of course, now they're here. Ruben says this is bad news. The red swamp crayfish are known as one of the most invasive species in the world. Invasive. They completely take over the waters they inhabit. They outcompete local species and disrupt local ecologies. And that's why part of the work Ruben and his team are doing involves killing the red swamp crayfish. They try to do it humanely, though, first knocking them out with clove oil and then freezing them. The belief is that they don't suffer. But how did Chicago end up in this mess in the first place? Ruben says we don't know for sure who brought them here. There are theories, though. One involves fishermen using them as bait. Another suggests pet shops are the culprit. And then there's one theory that posits a Crawshank Redemption-style scenario where some escaped an impending boil. But Ruben has a strong suspicion that local elementary schools are patient zero in this story. They're a great classroom pet for elementary schools. They'll they'll stay alive for a long time under the pretty awful conditions that elementary school students will subject them to. In this patient zero story, or maybe a couple different patient zero stories, Ruben thinks that once the class was done with them, the crayfish were released and got into the river. The classes or the teacher probably did that because it felt like the kind thing to do. And they likely had no idea they were invasive. That's understandable. But even if they did know, Ruben thinks that killing something is hard to do. He saw this theory in action when his work and his real life collided. When his daughter was in second grade, her class had five red swamp crayfish as pets. They were used as part of an anatomy lesson. By the end of the unit on these crayfish, they each had names and they described personalities to each of them. When Reuben had found out about the crayfish in his daughter's class, he couldn't tune out the sirens going off in his head. I was talking to the teacher throughout all of this and saying, you know, sort of nudging, you know, this is an invasive species, and when you're done with the crayfish, you need to do the responsible thing, and that is to, um, to kill the crayfish. And this teacher was very receptive to that and, you know, said, yes, yes, that's what we'll do. I ended up having to go in and pick up these crayfish, and then, against the protests of my daughter, um, I did the responsible thing. Did you have to put um, the classroom pet in your own freezer? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, It's, it's one great way to create a rift between yourself and your child. So, the lobster the question asker saw not a lobster. It's a crayfish. And they're invasive to the region and kind of hard to kill. 
Ruben says it's really important to keep this population under control, or we could see some ecological disturbances happen, a proportions we don't even yet understand. That's coming up after the break. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on this little boat on the Chicago River with Reuben Keller and Rachel Egley. And Rachel opens the cage with the two red swamp crayfish. She puts one into a container and hands it to me. Should I put it on the ground? Whatever you like. Don't put your fingers in within reach of the paws. <laughs> I look into the container. The crayfish is facing me with its claws up in the air. Oh my goodness, hello. He's like waving at me. I know. He wants to kill me. (laughs) Yep. Rachel jumps in. It's trying to scare you off. If you're a predator, that's scary, right? Despite its size, the red swamp crayfish is not afraid of anything. It just fights. It has cartoon villain-like capabilities, like the ability to drop and regrow its arms and claws if they get stuck in something. These are the things that make this crustacean so good at dominating waterways. Not even humans are safe from the pinch of its claws. But Ruben says its pinch, it's the least of our worries. The red swamp crayfish is a burrowing species. So in some parts of the world, it will actually uh, weaken levees and lead to levee failure and flooding. This impact is well documented across the world. We also know they love to eat fish eggs, which affects fish reproduction. And they outcompete fish and native crayfish for prey. Because again... They're not afraid to fight anything. What does all of this mean for Chicago? In the Chicago region, we don't yet know. Ruben says he should know more about their impact in the next year or so. His research on the population has only been going on since 2015. But if Asian carp are a code red issue for the Illinois River, then Ruben predicts that the red swamp crayfish could be just one step below that. For now... His lab is about 200 traps in the water, which are emptied out twice a week throughout the summer. You know, our first priority has been to figure out how to reduce the population, because based on everything that we know, there's really good reason to believe that, that they are having large impacts here where they're established. The worst piece of news I have to deliver today is that we'll probably never completely get rid of the red swamp crayfish in the river, because it's really hard. Just ask Bob Strauss with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, who, I have to say, has a really great mantra about invasive species. Just like Jurassic Park, nature finds a way. Bob enforces Wisconsin's trade rules for commercial fish and aquatic species. And something happened around 15 years ago that he'll never forget. Back in... 2009, I believe it was. We had several ponds in southeast Wisconsin. The people called from the neighborhood and said there are lobsters crawling on our yard. The department started getting calls from people living in a neighborhood subdivision in southeast Wisconsin. The people said that there were crustaceans on their lawns, 
and they were not polite. They were just being aggressive to the to the homeowners. They stand there and they don't back away or move away. They just lift up their claws and show that they're ready to fight. I guess we can call it that. And they ended up being red swamp crayfish that were walking up onto the onto the lawns. Kind of funny, until it wasn't. It took four years of of staff time and follow-up to ensure that they were gone and about $800,000 in expenses to remove them from two ponds. They had to put fabric lining around the ponds and a metal fencing with rocks on top of that to keep them from burrowing down and to keep the ones already burrowed down from coming back up. They also used chemicals to kill them. It worked for one of the ponds, not the other. They ended up having to fill it, which was the last resort option for the department. Well, that's really the kind of the shocker point, I think, that hopefully people take away is it, it takes a lot to get rid of these things once they're there. And no state, no city, no county can afford the cleanup for these if they expand beyond you know, a small little area. As things go with invasive species, humans brought them in. Luckily, bringing the red swamp crayfish into Wisconsin alive is illegal now. For the same reasons, Minnesota and Michigan, and now Illinois, have also made it illegal, which helps. Even still, the trapping work that Reuben and his lab are doing to keep the Chicago population at bay is taxing. They're just one lab, and they're way outnumbered by the crayfish. Back on the boat, I stared at the crayfish trying to pinch me. And Rachel jumped in. Yeah, they're very aggressive, um, which I kind of admire, honestly. Do you? Yeah, I mean, they're so much smaller, like, and they're not afraid to, like, show me what's up. (laughs) Okay. If you think about how humans typically encounter nature, wildlife is usually trying to get away from us. Get too close, the bird will fly off. The rabbit will hop away. The red swamp crayfish, it wants to fight you. And you have to respect that. Rachel does. And knowing you have to get rid of something, while also liking it, it's weird. She does feel that tension. Like anesthetizing the crayfish, for example, right? Like, we're doing our best, even though we have to remove them and, like, basically sentence them to death. Like, it's not their fault that someone put them in here and now I have to remove them. But I think ultimately, I always have felt that by working on invasive species, I'm, like, making a difference. Right now, it does look like they're making a difference. They're seeing less red swamp crayfish in the traps. They're still experimenting with their traps with the hope of catching even more. So far, they've learned they catch more crayfish when they use hot dogs as bait. And they've designed a trap that makes it easier for the crayfish to get into, but hard to get out of. But the most difficult part of reducing the population is that Reuben and his lab, they're the only ones doing this work. The least the public can do, in this case, is to not bring live crayfish around these parts. Because again, it's like Bob Strauss says. Just like Jurassic Park, nature finds a way. If you feel compelled to trap and remove the red swamp crayfish, find out more at our website, wbez.org slash curiouscity. While you're there, check out all of our stories and leave your own question about the region. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation and is produced by Jason Mark and Joe Dassault. Adriana Cardona Magigad is Curious City's reporter. Maggie Civit is the digital and engagement producer. Suzanne is our editor. 
Curious City is a production of WBEZ Chicago and is part of the NPR Network. I'm Laura Pavin. Thanks for listening. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.